The Morning Struggle podcast is brought to you by Blue Clover Therapy, a mental health counseling practice in Salt Lake City, Utah. Visit www.bluecloverTherapy.com for more information. Blue Clover Therapy, because your mental health deserves a specialist. Welcome to the Morning Struggle Podcast, where we take habits of successful people and break them down one at a time into history, science, and action plan so you can implement them into your life and build a better you. Stay tuned. Well, good morning, everybody. Hi, guys. Well, welcome to the Morning Struggle Podcast. I'm Ty. I am Jesse. And we're going to get right into this one. We are, because we don't know what to talk about. Well, because this is a very touchy subject for most people. Love. Love. Right? It's uncomfortable for some people. I guess kind of. Or maybe it's really magical for some people. Well, I'll tell you why it's so magical. You're going to talk about like actual body chemistry. Yeah. And why that happens. Yeah. Although I have to say like our Valentine's Days in the last, I don't know, a couple of years have really been pretty easygoing. Lackluster is a better word. No, lackluster is not it because I get exactly what I want. I buy my own flowers. Yep. And I say, thank you. And you're like, oh my gosh, you're welcome. Yeah, because I'm so thoughtful. And then you're so thoughtful. And, but it's interesting how the expectations have changed over the years because at the beginning, well, at the very beginning, you were great at Valentine's Day. I was good. I was a good Valentiner. You were on (laughs) Valentiner? Yeah. You were amazing at it. And then we got into like actual marriage and then you were awful at it. And I was very distressed by it. Yeah. And now we're at the point where I'm just like, Either you're, either I need to tell you what needs to happen, or I just supply those things myself, and it's easy peasy. It's perfect. But mm-hmm. and this is coming out after Valentine's Day. Yes. So we've already had that Valentine's Day wash. Yeah. So you've either like had an amazing Valentine's Day, and it's bolstered your relationship, or like 80% of the people who are disappointed in Most Valentine's people. Day or whatever your, your statistic was we came up with the last time, <laughs> you're probably a little disappointed, and you're like, love is a scam, and I hate everything. So we're going to talk about love. Yep. Post Valentine's Day mm-hmm. to get you back on track to kind of bolster and build up like what love actually is. Right. So you can and understand what just happened yeah, in the whimsical and, time of Valentine's Day. And why, yeah, why it's so distressing and physiologically what is going on in your body. Yeah. So without further ado, let's just get right into the history of love. Let's do it. This day in history. So for the love segment, I thought I would just sing Power of Love by Huey Lewis in the News (laughs) from Back to the Future over and over again for my time, a lot of time. Yeah, thank you. I'm pretty sure everyone would appreciate that. Yeah, I would. The second option, which is we're going to go with, is we're going to talk about the story of Cleopatra and Antony. Oh. Mark Antony from Rome and Cleopatra from Alexandria or Egypt. Right. Yeah. So should we get right into it? Isn't isn't this the, the greatest love story ever One of the greatest love stories ever told, told by William Shakespeare, and then we're going to talk about what actually happened. Oh, no. So we're going to go over the the Shakespeare version, and then we're going to say what actually happened. So you can kind of be like, oh, love is so perfect and amazing and all these great love stories. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to say, wow, those love stories are so inflated, and (laughs) they were pretty gross in real life. All right, you ready for this? I am. The summary, Antony and Cleopatra, written in 1606 by Shakespeare. It's one of the great historical love stories. So Mm. Cleopatra, the queen of kings in Egypt. Right. She's a big deal. She's a big deal. And Mark Antony, one of the leaders who came into power after Caesar was murdered. Okay. So Caesar was murdered. 
All right. And then it, the Rome went into turmoil, right? So right. a bunch of people are fighting him, especially Mark Antony and Octavius Caesar. Oh. They're both fighting for essentially Rome. Okay. So um, Cleopatra is called to Rome. She mm-hmm. shows up in this beautiful ship with pink or purple, because purple was the royal color, right. sails, and she is gorgeous. And Mark Antony is smitten. Oh, yeah. So he wants him some Cleopatra. Yeah. <laughs> so what does he do? He marries her. Oh, and that just happens? Like I guess I guess so. So I think they also wanted, in the play, I think they wanted to join forces because they wanted to expand the empire. Oh, okay. okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they get married, and then Rome's on the brink of a bloody war, a civil war, mm-hmm. um, against Pompey. So Antony, so there's another Pomp- Pompey guy in there, and he wants all of Rome's area too. Okay. So Mark Antony and Octavius managed to negotiate a truce or mm-hmm. treaty where Mark Antony marries Octavius's sister. <gasps> but he's already, he already loves Cleopatra. He's already in love with Cleopatra, and it's tearing him inside. Mm-hmm. Does he have duty for his country or duty for his woman? So he marries Octavius's sister. But then he goes back to Alexandria, and him and Cleopatra scheme a plot, and they sail their ships out to beat Octavius's navy, but they are battered down and destroyed. Oh my gosh. So they get separated. Mark Antony goes back to Rome. Cleopatra goes to Egypt. And she is so distraught and enraged by this whole situation mm-hmm. that C- and that Mark Antony left again. And he's going back to Octavius's sister wife. Oh, yeah. Because she's just a sister wife now. And, <laughs> she's a sister wife. And so she sends word mm-hmm. to Rome that she has committed suicide. And Mark Antony, so distraught by love, falls on his sword. Oh my gosh. So she rushes to Octavius, or they rush Octavius to her, or she rushes to Octavius. Wait, I can't so she remember. didn't commit suicide, she but didn't. she said she that she was faking it. She was faking it. And then she did the falls. whole, like, I'm pregnant scare. Yeah, that's and, <laughs> and so he come, they come running together, and he dies in her arms. Mm-hmm. And then Octavius takes Cleopatra prisoner, and instead um, of being captured prisoner, she kills herself by letting an asp or a snake. Oh, disclaimer, spoiler alert. If you haven't seen this play yet, oh my gosh. I mean, it came out in 1606. Um, but that's what happens. So I should have disclaimed it in. Wait, so a snake bites her? Snake bites her and kills her. Okay. And then the lovers are in, you know, what is the with realm together. William Shakespeare and everyone he, committing suicide? He loves, he loves his lovers dying together. Yeah. So you ready for the real story? Yeah. So that's it. And you're like, wow, wow mm-hmm. all that love and, and sister wiving is just like, ooh, it got me in I want to know more about Octavia, Octavius's sister. Like what's her jam? I know. Because did she, like, what happened after everybody committed suicide? Was she like, I guess I'll take over everything and become a total... I don't know. I didn't look that up. ...president of everything. Yeah. Did she remarry? Did she have kids of her own? I think they had kids, Mark Antony. Because Mark Antony and Cleopatra. But we'll get in there. Okay, here we go. Oh, my gosh. Okay. You ready? Yeah. So the real story. So Cleopatra was actually Cleopatra the seventh. Yeah. So she wasn't the first Cleopatra. Mm -hmm. She was the seventh. And then, we won't get into this a lot, but she had a little sister. Okay. Um, and her and her little sister kind of fought for power during this time before, Mm. before the Mark Antony episode, Julius Caesar would come over to Egypt and he got himself a little bit of Cleopatra. Okay. They had a little bit of Julius Caesar. An affair. Julius Caesar. Yeah, that's what I thought that the actual story was. Julius Caesar and Cleopatra had an affair before Julius Caesar's assassination. Wait, but, but was, oh, cause Julius Caesar was married? I'm probably. Or was Cleopatra, they had some sort of love affair. 
Yeah, they had a love affair. I'm okay, not sure who was, who was married and who wasn't. Okay. This, this article didn't say that. All right. I, I think Caesar was married. Anyway, so he had an affair with Cleopatra. Got it. But then uh, Cleopatra's little sister threw Cleopatra out of Egypt. Okay. And then... Can she do that? Yeah. She like, she like got the Romans to help throw Cleopatra out of Egypt. Whoa. Then Cleopatra came back to Egypt and took over the throne again and then exiled her little sister on some island. Mm. So... Oh, that's a legit thing. That's People a legit did thing. that. Yep. So oh. not only... So let's start the story with not like we're love-torn, star-crossed lovers. Mm-hmm. Like me and my sister are fighting and I'm kicking her out of Egypt. In, onto an island. Onto an island kind right. of thing. So that's where the story starts. Okay. Julius Caesar gets murdered. Mark Antony uh, meets Cleopatra. She goes to Rome or whatever it is. Right. And, and that part is probably true. So he fell deeply in love with her. I guess she was very beautiful. She was incredibly smart. Um, and, and she was super rich and had a lot of resources. And she was the queen of Egypt. She's a big deal. She was she was a big deal, right? Yeah. Um, so they formed this this kind of this kind of grouping to with themselves. It was kind of like a little bit of a de- debauchery, kind of like a lot of stuff that wouldn't be okay. What now? I don't know. This article said that they did a lot of like mystical cult stuff. They oh. considered themselves gods. They had a lot of ritualistic stuff that was maybe inappropriate for daytime television. Oh, I so see. They're, okay, something we can't talk about. Yeah, they're kind of those kind of people, if you will. So, uh, Octavius. But was it based out of religious or spiritual? Or yeah, was they, it? They thought they were gods. Okay, they thought they thought they were gods. Right. So. Oh, okay, right. I see what you're saying. Um, so Cleopatra had yeah. two kids, twins, mm-hmm. with Mark Antony. Oh, Mark Antony did go back to Rome. He did marry Octavian's sister. Oh, okay. Right, and um, then when the turmoil started to happen, he did go back to Cleopatra in okay. Alexandria, uh-huh. and then they did scheme a plot to attack Octavius's army or navy oh wow but they were defeated pretty badly yeah so mark antony did fall on a sword but they think he did it out of shame of defeat so he didn't want to spend his rest of his life in prison or whatever or or strung out and quartered in public or whatever it was going to be so he did kill himself Oof. Now, Could you imagine falling on your sword? Like, I, yeah, that's dedication you gotta like that's, that's, here we go that's some pride right there yeah so then octavius did dispatch cleopatra back to rome Oh, but he did that so he could parade her through the streets as like a look what happens when you try to rise up against Octavius. Oof. And she wasn't having it. Yeah. So she did. So the story is that the asp in the breadbasket, it killed her and two of her servants. Mm-hmm. But they're actually thinking it was probably just like a vial of poison. But it did kill two of her servants, too. Mm. So like she went with she, she brought some people with her. Well, but if it was it was a vial of poison, how did that or was her food poisoned? Maybe she like splashed the poison in her <laughs> servant's face and then she drank it like ha yeah oh that's interesting but was it purposeful did she die purposefully yes yeah so she did commit suicide but it wasn't oh like, and then and they, she were, took they were in each other's arms yeah she took two servants with her oh wow but she lived for 39 years oh she was 39 years old nice um and she was a queen for 22 of them wow so Look at she, her. she was actually a pretty impressive uh figure in history oh that's interesting so anyway and they had twins, and and then the, and another kid. So they had oh, twins, and, and then kid. another kid. So gotcha. she did have she did have kids with Mark Antony. Wow. So, but it's less um, awesome romantic play. Yeah, it's, it's like I'm yearning for you so bad, and I I can't. My heart is broken, and right. more like logistically, can we beat Octavius? Because I still want to maintain power in Rome. Right. Like okay, we just lost. We are at the end of our rope. Right. So here we are. So here we are. So yeah. that, that's usually what love is. It's like when you look back on it or someone else tells a story, it's like, yeah. whoa, that, 
that was intense. And then right. in real life, you're like, yeah, I got like an estranged sister. I had to kick out of the house. <laughs> And my husband's, an got a, my husband's got another wife I didn't even really want or know about. And like, so when you talk there's about the lot. real it's, story, it's, there's a lot more to there's it. There's a lot more elements. Yeah. So the wow. most, one of those famous love stories in the world mm-hmm. is probably probably not even as good as your love story out there. Exactly. I bet your love story is amazing. You're like, I didn't marry any sisters or, or best friends, best friends, sisters to <laughs> rule empires. Yeah. Or, yeah. Ta- or try to take down navies. Yeah. Or yeah. maybe if you do want to marry your best friend's sister, maybe you say like, hey, Mark Antony did this. It's good for the relationship. Bro, let it go. Yeah. So anyway, that's it. That's all I got for history. Wow, that's interesting. Most famous love story. So That's let- usually how it works where you have an original story that's kind of okay. And then some really talented poet, playwright comes in and makes it real good. Real good. He pulls on the heart, the old heartstrings. Yep. On the emotions. Mm-hmm. So anyway, there you go. Uh, but let's get back into love. Oh, let's let, talk about love. Let's talk about genuine love and what it actually does to your body and your brain. I'm so excited. Okay, so initially what happens is that obviously oxytocin and dopamine just seriously start coursing through your veins the second you see your potential mate. So you, this is like love at first sight. This is what love at first sight is. So it's so, true. You can't yeah. have love at first sight. Well, it depends on what you're defining love as. Because a lust at first sight? Yeah, more of a lust. I mean, hormone chemicals in your blood. Pants. Oh, yeah. blood. Gotcha. <laughs> Stop. Okay. All right. Um, hormones in, is of course, seen through you. Okay. We have a lot of oxytocin, which is kind of that thing that bonds us. And then dopamine makes us happy. Okay. okay. So basically, there's a lot to that. However, the kicker to this whole thing is cortisol. Cortisol significantly upticks when we're about to meet or interact with a potential mate. Doesn't cortisol inflame our brain? It totally does. So your brain actually doesn't is less effective when you're in the state of potential mate. Oh, so that's why you get like boys get like ape ape like. <laughs> Probably. And like is that start a thing? grunting. Yeah. That's so, not, but yes, maybe, yeah, I don't yeah, know. I mean, it. I've never personally experienced that, but okay. Um, cortisol levels go up to the point of a similar level as if bodily and life is in jeopardy. Right. And cortisol is a stress hormone. It is a stress so hormone. So you release it when you're under stress. And... Yeah. But, but when you seriously think that you're going to die, right? cortisol levels are the same if you're about to interact with a potential mate. So weird. Isn't okay. that wild? All right, yeah. But, but of course, we ignore that because typically if we have a cortisol bump like that, we're freaking out and running around and trying to save ourselves, right? But we ignore that because of the dopamine and the oxytocin because those become addicting. So now we are ready to like fight for our lives while in a pleasurable state. Yes. Huh. Isn't that really interesting? Yeah. So, you know, the butterfly feeling where you're like, oh, she gives me butterflies, right? And then what happens is when you have enough time with your mate, um, you don't get that anymore. That doesn't You don't get the butterflies anymore? I'm sorry, honey, but uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> That's not it. It doesn't happen. Yeah. Okay. But the reason why this doesn't happen is because, so we have a, the vagus nerve that goes from your brain to your stomach. And so what's happening is you have this dopamine, oxytocin, cortisol bump. And with that, with specifically that cortisol bump, the vagus nerve is enacted and you obviously everything gets shunted because you have so much cortisol going on, but it creates a quiver feeling in your stomach. 
Okay. Okay. And it's very similar. You, but the butterfly feeling, the romantic butterfly feeling is the same that you get with like a, let's say you have a presentation and you're going to go talk. It's the same butterfly feeling, but what happens is the brain intersects that and goes, oh, this is stressful and scary because you're going to do a presentation. Whereas with a mate, it's like, this is stressful and scary, but exciting. So you I get want that more of that. response as well. Yeah. So, okay. so you, you continue to seek that even though, and, and so the butterfly feeling is quite, um, like a roller coaster. Well, it's elusive. Like people seek that out. We're like, I just don't get butterflies for her anymore. No, because your body doesn't need that anymore. You, you probably, if the longer you're with someone, the cortisol goes down. Cause you're the lion. You've already ca- caught the gazelle. You got it. You got the gazelle. So you don't yeah. get that same reaction because the vagus nerve and the cortisol don't correspond in that way to make that happen. Okay. Um, the cortisol, oxytocin, and dopamine levels obviously really uptick at the beginning, and then they start to even out anywhere from two months to two years of the relationship. Okay. So the honeymoon phase? Yeah, that honeymoon phase where you're super still excited about them, you're all over them. Um, the cool thing, though, is those three balance out, but with serotonin specifically, serotonin's not part of that initial process. Um, serotonin will actually uptick a little bit and even out completely. So that's more of like a balance of the happiness hormone. Okay. And so when you are in love and all of these other chemicals in your body or hormones in your body go down, serotonin will even out so you get like a general sense of well-being makes sense yeah i mean it makes it makes total sense so the thing is is that when we're in long-term love we don't get that excitement piece and that's typically when people are like oh i'm not in love with you anymore and then they try to go seek out that similar cortisol dopamine and uh, oxytocin response because they believe that that's what love is Okay, so that initial butterflies. They the want excitement, the butterflies back. The excitement of okay. it, right? But the thing is, is that technically in long-term love, if you're still, if you still have bonded with this person, whether you whether you say it's love or not, um, your serotonin, dopamine, and oxytocin are very even, very consistent, and much more balanced with that cortisol being lower. Oh, so you're not inflamed all the time. Exactly. So, so you... Initially, you have this big swelling event, um, but then after that, you are able to function as like a regular human, and that's where we get into messiness of mental pieces of it where people are like, I'm just not in love with you anymore. But you are in love. You just don't have those big cortisol responses, Yes, and your serotonin, your dopamine, and oxytocin have just lowered to a stable level. Yeah, you become a stable human being. Okay. So that's when you mature into an adult, and you say, okay, I love this person still, and they're the love of my life, but I'm not going to get butterflies anymore. Exactly. And so we have to understand the body version of this, because it is very difficult to get those back again once you have been with someone for a long period of time. Can you get them back? You can. And I'm going to tell you that in the action plan. Oh my God, we're going to action plan butterflies? Yes. <laughs> oh, get out of town. Isn't Everybody that... stick around. I know, it's going to be amazing. Right. Um, but what's really interesting is that if you are in love, and I don't mean like that infatuation lust, I'm talking about like feel like you're in a secure bonded relationship, um, you actually feel 60% of a pain level versus someone who's not. So if, let's say they. Oh, so, so your pain has dropped by forty percent. It drops by forty percent, and that's not even having the person in the room with you. That's just thinking about the person having that that idea of like, okay, they're they're there for me, that kind of thing. If they're holding your hand, it can drop over fifty percent. Oh, that's why Mark Antony could fall on a sword. No big deal. He's like, boom. He's like, this doesn't even hurt. I know. I'm, I'm so in love with Cleopatra. It was <laughs> probably like two percent pain. That's right. Okay, he just I, that like makes totally. That makes sense. Yeah. So, so you have less of a, of a pain response to those things. Also, your heart is better 
you have tw- you're 12% less likely to have a cardiovascular event of some kind, some sort of stroke or high blood pressure, heart attack, that kind of stuff. So you are, your heart is healthier too when you are in love. And then your general uh, stress response goes down. And I would argue, they're saying it's because you're in love and socially bonded. I would say that it's because you, you have that social bonding structure. So like if, if I don't have you, okay, and I, um, let's say something happens at work, I'm going to get really stressed out. But if I have you to bounce these things off of... And come home and yell at me and we're good to go. Yeah, exactly. I come home and yell at you. Yeah. No, but if I if I need a resource, you are my resource, okay, right? Yeah, you're not alone. And so, yeah, social bonding and structure within that, like I can I can go get supports, specifically the person I've chosen for a relationship. And then you feel safer in general. You have more oxytocin going through your body because you tend to interact and hug and physically interact with some the, another person when you're in a relationship with someone. And, and oxytocin is the love hormone, right? It's, it's an attachment hormone. It's attachment hormone because yeah. like kids get it to moms and, and dads and yeah. you get that from skin to skin contact, right? Yeah, yeah, skin to skin contact. You can get little bumps, not like if you see your baby a you know, from far away, that kind of stuff. Um, but really when you're hugging, touching, loving, even high fives create some oxytocin. Um, that's, you get more oxytocin in your world when you're in a relationship. High or fives a, give you oxytocin? Little bits, yeah. So next time I high five one of my bros, I'll be like, bro, good oxytocin release. <laughs> yeah, just so who do? Yeah, that's exactly what I want you oh to do. Oh my God, I'm not high-fiving anybody anymore. High-five and then hold on to their hand. Well, that's too much oxytocin. Or just yes, bring them real close and give them huggies. That's, well, we do that anyway, but <laughs> not the long high-five. No, but it's, not, it's nowhere near as much as a hug or a kiss or okay. sex even. Okay. So I'll but be, you do get it from but you just do get all skin-to-skin contact. Yeah, and, okay. and anytime you feel connected with an, I mean, like, I, I don't want to say that the fire station's a big oxytocin machine, but when you guys are... But it is. But <laughs> but but all together when you guys are working as a team right there's oxytocin release really yep okay. isn't that wild and there's no physical there's no physical touching when you guys are putting out a fire but when you guys feel like a <laughs> a unit and that you're working hard together as a unit yeah boom oxytocin you're bonding together so that's you're, how you're just you're taking away all our masculinity at the fire station oh yeah it's all love baby it's all love. Okay. no but but it's the hive mind oxytocin is a great hive mind Oh. Uh, perpetrator, not perpetrator, propagator, per- propagator. Yes. Okay. So yeah. So yeah. So you get more oxytocin the more social interactions that you have. But if you're in a relationship, you tend to have more physical interactions, therefore more oxytocin. Okay. Isn't that wild? That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So love is can be completely explained by chemicals in your body. Pretty okay. rad. All right. So Woo! that's what happens with your brain and your body mm-hmm. when you go through love cycles. Yep. All right, let's do a coffee segment real quick. Let's do it. And then we'll get into action plan and we're going to tell everybody how to get the butterflies back in a relationship that you've been in for a while. Yes. All right. I drank pots and pots and pots and pots of strong black coffee trying to keep my sleepy soul awake. But the sleepiness still comes along And when it does, it's fast and strong I end up with a bad case of the shakes Alright, let's bust through some coffee segment Tell me I thought with the theming of love Yeah We're going to talk about the 10 most loved types of coffee Oh, I love this So you ready? Yeah We're going to run through the 10 real quick And we're going to get back into butterfly Butterflies so here we go. Number 10, the frappe, one of your favorites. I love it. It's the milkshake of coffees, <laughs> right? It's the blended, yeah. tons of sugar, 
milkshake. It's not really coffee at that point. No. It's a milkshake. The, and that one was pretty much started in Greece, I guess. Oh. And then Starbucks took it and ran with it. And, and they're doing amazing they're things. They're doing amazing things. Uh, the next one, Long Black. This is what? an Australian coffee. And it's like an Americano. Oh, okay. So it's an espresso with a little bit of hot water. So it's prepared by pouring directly the espresso into the cup of hot water instead Whoa. of the hot water into the cup of espresso. Wow, what big, is that? It's a big I difference. You I don't know what it you is. You understand. You know, I don't. Uh-uh. Uh, the next one's a flat white. This is also Australia. And this is the one where they like have the pretty flower that they, do, they pour over or oh, like the maple yeah. leaf or whatever they're going to do, like your, your good baristas. Yeah. So it's just a brewed espresso and milk. That's it. Flat oh, white. Nice. But no other sugar stuff. Number seven, Cafe Americano, your yeah, favorite. Yeah, mine. And that's an espresso shot with hot water poured into it. Yep. And then you put a couple ice cubes in it because it's always too hot. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to burn my lips. Yep. And number six, Cafe Oulate. Oulate? Am I saying that right? From mm, France? I don't anyway, know. Anyway, <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's an espresso-based Italian cafe latte. So oh, it's a cute. French version of a coffee with warm milk, mostly made of brewed coffee. Oh. So instead of an espresso, it's brewed coffee. Number five. Irish coffee. Yeah. This is the one that's got the liquor in it. Nice. So it's got uh, whiskey in it, brown sugar and cream. Oh. And that's an Irish coffee. The next one is a Turkish coffee. Okay. So these are extra finely ground roasted beans that are from Turkey or those kind of regions. Right. And then you can just essentially brew it and coffee, cream, and sugar. That's it. So now, so what? Now, it's just a specific bean? It, it's just a coffee. Yeah, it's a Turkish coffee bean. Oh. And I think they prepare it differently, but I didn't look into this very very well. Number three. Yeah. Ristretto. Oh. Have you ever heard of a ristretto? I have not. Uh, me neither. This is in Italy. Okay. And it means restricted in Italian. And it's half of a single shot of espresso. Okay. And it differs from standard espresso, not only the amount of water that they use. Right. Um, but also in the flavor, which is less bitter than regular espresso. Oh, okay. I can see that. So like when you have your little tiny cup of espresso and it's oh, not really espresso, it's so like half good. espresso. That's yeah. what they do. Um, cortado. And this is from Spain. Okay. Also very fancy. You drink mm-hmm. with your pinky up in Spain with your little, <laughs> little cup. It's a Spanish beverage made by pouring a small amount of espresso in a small glass cup and then cutting it with an equal amount of steamed milk in order to neutralize the bitterness. So oh, it's that's like a cute. mini mini latte oh my gosh that that's makes sense that's, that's your thing in a little tiny cup and the last one is a cappuccino and oh, this yeah, one started in turin italy where the olympics were and it's just an espresso with steamed froth milk oh so you yeah, have yeah. The froth milk boom 10 most loved coffees in the world so wait frappuccino was number 10 that the, number 10 the, yeah and the number one's number cappuccino one. yeah I, w- uh, I went down. I counted. That is I did not. Count that is not what the order I would have put those in. But I do you like that your... Irish coffee. Our Irish is it Irish cream or what had it? Irish coffee. Irish coffee is on. It made the list. I feel pretty good about that. Of course, it made the list. Yeah, it's delicious. We've <laughs> never had it before. So anyway, there's your there's. See if yours is your coffee on there. My my brewed oh. black Walmart brand coffee wasn't <laughs> no. on there. So I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know what happened there. <laughs> but. That's that's yeah. silly. That's okay. ridiculous. I like I like a lot of those, even the ones I can't pronounce that I've never tried before. I, I like pro- all of those. I love them. Well, because we we do a version of those. I think. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're just okay. the the flat white. I'm gonna say, can I get a yeah tall flat white? Yeah. And they probably know what I'm talking about because they're amazing. 
Yeah, everywhere. And they know their things. Real barista will know it. Yeah, a real one will. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, that, that's all I got for coffee segment. But let's get back into the action plan mm. with love. Let's do it. And talk about how to get our butterflies back. Let's hope you make the most of it, my boy. You ready for this? I'm ready for this. All right. So first, you need to understand what stage of love you're in. Just like I always tell you. Um, if you're a new love, you have to understand that your cortisol levels are ridiculous. So you're probably not thinking great. Um, if you are in the later stages, like you and I, how long have we been married? 13 years going on 14. Whoa. God, we are old. We're getting old. Yeah. We are so old, but we would be in the later stages of love, right? Where we don't get those butterflies. We don't have a cortisol bump, but we do have really good serotonin, dopamine, and oxytocin. Okay. Cool. So you just want to know where you're at so that you have a realistic idea of where you want to go with it. So there's only two stages, essentially, like butterfly stage and non-butterfly stage. Yeah, but, but but the butterfly stage is relatively short, although some people stay in it for two years, up to two years, which is just wild to me. Um, but then you kind of, your cortisol goes down. Now, there's varying levels as these start to even out. Um, so you could be in an in-between stage, but then you're, you're emerging into the long-term love. Okay. So does that make sense? Okay. Yeah. There's yeah. transitions in there. So how you get the butterflies back, you need to go jump off a building. No. <laughs> Just. <laughs> and then like and restart through reincarnation. Like... No, with like a, do an extreme sport. Oh, like bungee jump. Yeah, was the they don't no, do you don't jump off of buildings you just fall into the no, side no. of the building. <laughs> no, the a bridge. The one, the no, the ones that have the um, parachutes. A base jumping. Base jumping. Well, if you do it on a building, it's trespassing and you get arrested. But that could be also exciting for you, I guess. <laughs> All right. Okay. Extreme we're going sport. back. Extreme, extreme sport. Okay. But it's extreme sport for you. Okay. So that could be just taking up mountain biking. Right, because that could be just something wild for you and your significant other to try, or zip line, or zip line, or swimming in the ocean, or whatever. Yeah, it can be whatever, and then it can go anywhere up to like rock climbing and challenging each other. There's a couple of elements to this. You're picking up a new hobby, which is always good to do with a significant other in order to build bonding. But the thing is, is what we're trying to elicit is that cortisol response, where you get that bump of cortisol when you're a little bit scared, and then you're with that other person, that significant other. And so when you are doing an extreme sport of some kind or an activity, um, if you are with your significant other in which that you love or care about, and then you get that cortisol bump, we are likely to attribute that to butterfly love instead of being scared. So we want to, so if you're really adventurous, go base jumping with your partner. Yeah. If you're not, maybe go to a roller coaster. Right. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Well, cause like, um, present, like I do presentations, right? So if you are there, cause you're my bonded person, I would attribute that to me being excited and in love with you. So that would be a very exciting event. Whereas if you're not there, it's just a presentation and I'm scared. Okay. Okay. Does that make sense? Makes so sense. doing some sort of, ex- um, activity, extreme activity with your person, bonding, having good communication, social skills, make it a thing. It's awesome. And then um, we also want to take time for physical touch. Okay. Okay. And it's hard because in the later stages of love, sometimes we're not very physical with one another. We might have sex. We might interact in that way, but like hugging, snuggling. When we're in the, the butterfly love, we are all over each other. You cannot stop touching that other person. All the PDAs. Yeah. Oh my gosh, so much. And then later on, like you could look like your brother and sister sitting in a movie theater. Like it's just not. Right, exactly. Yeah. Because you're just like, I'm here to watch the movie and eat my popcorn, right? Right. So the thing is, is making time to try to interact, hold hands, 
hell, even high five if you need to, that kind of thing. It started off small. Um, but trying to, to make that a focus and understand that. And let's say that you guys aren't in the stage where you can have sex or whatever's happening there. Just being close to one another and cuddling has a significant amount of oxytocin that is, is excellent for bonding and continued um, bonding with one another into the very late stages of our, in our, our relationships, right? What about dancing? Because I, I get like butterflies nervous when I dance. We should dance. We should dance. See, I think that'd be a I great no one for idea. couples because a lot of people are nervous about dancing. Yeah. And you're touching each other. That's like, that's like the what you should do. Yeah, get out there good. and dirty dance. No. Regular dance. Regular dance. Regular dancing. But then your hands will get all sweaty. Oh, it's like middle school dancing. Yep. That's right. adorable. Right. Yes, but you talk to your partner and be like, hey, this is what would create that situation. Okay. Boom, let's go dancing. Okay. No need to base jump. Let's go dancing. Right. right? That Not everybody's of... a base jumping type of person, so... Right. Yeah. No, that's very true. That's very true. Um, and then let's say that you're not in a relationship right now or you don't you get minimal social interaction, like other than like maybe you see your mom every once in a while. But your life is pretty um, um, solo. What would that sure. be? Yeah. You, you're just kind of cruising through life without a lot of physical interaction. Okay. Try to hug someone or interact in a physical way eight times a day. Eight times a day. Eight times a day. But you could high five. You could shake hands. Like shaking hands creates oxytocin and bonding as well. Okay. Um, or, I mean, just other ways that socially we're okay with physical touch with one another. Okay. If you do that eight times a day, you will get an, a significant oxytocin bump. Not equivalent to like new love, but enough sufficient to make us get that sense of well-being and bringing that serotonin up as well because oxytocin, dopamine, and serotonin kind of play on each other. So if if you're eight, eight times a day, if you're doing a hug or a high five or a handshake, whatever that is, that significantly bumps that up and gives you a sense of well-being. Okay. So maybe you're single. Just start introducing yourself to people and doing the handshake. Yep. And you might even find your new love and then get the butterflies for real. Yeah, exactly. All right. I like that. Yeah. So th- that is what I want you to do. Okay. Assess your love. Go do something awesome with your significant other if you have that. Or if you don't, interact in a physical way with eight or eight times a day, I guess. Eight times, yeah. Eight, yeah. Eight hug, high five, handshakes a day. Yeah. All right. And so we're getting our cortisol levels in a, in a backup. One, just not not inflamed, but just or not chronic, but just back up. We're getting our serotonin, we're getting our dopamine, we're getting our oxytocin up. All so the we things. get those butterflies back. Yes. All right. Well, I would say like we can create better use or better us's, right? Uh huh. But like this is a no brainer. Let's just go out and let's let's build some love. Let's build some love. All right. Well, thanks for joining us. <laughs> thanks, guys. <laughs>